When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode of the 80s Glam Metal Cast, I talk to the man, the Mountain King, the legendary singer and mastermind behind Sabotage and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, John Oliva. John talks about what he's up to today, and he tells some great stories from the classic Sabotage days. He also hints at some upcoming Sabotage activity. You gotta check this out. Well, John, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast. It's an honor to be speaking with you. Well, thanks, Mike. It's nice to talk to you. Glam. Were we ever glam? I don't know. We were ugly. (laughs) Except for Chris Caffrey. He always had a good look. (laughs) Yeah, the guy really doesn't change. I mean, I was looking at some old pictures of him. He pretty much looks the same. I know. Fuck him. Okay? (laughs) That's all I have. Fuck Chris Caffrey and his good look. (laughs) So, John, you've been staying healthy and well through this whole COVID thing? Oh, God. I had it. Did you? I had the the thing, and it, it, I had it for eight weeks. Wow! And it, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have wished it on my worst enemy in the world, even Keith Collins. You know, I would not have wished it on anybody. It was brutal. You know, it really was. It, it sucked. You know, but I'm I'm okay now, and I'm going to be getting my vaccination here in the next week or so. And uh, that's it. So I I, I lived through it. Oh, glad to <laughs> they hear don't that. want me in heaven. <laughs> well, uh, Christ, Jesus, or, he doesn't want me up there, okay? Because the first thing I'm doing when I get to heaven is I'm punching Paul O'Neill and Chris Oliva in the face. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So a lot of people have used this downtime with the whole pandemic to write songs, work in the studio. Is that what, what you've been doing, John? Oh, yeah, I've been uh, very busy. You know, we're, we're working on the Romanoff project, which is very special to me because it's the first thing that Paul and I worked on as like an outside sabotage thing. And uh, we've got it, you know, we, we're, we're, we're making progress, but it's not, it's not an easy project because there's a lot of parts and a lot of great music and, uh, and I have to make sure I'm being very meticulous and very well. As in, in the words of it, I'm being very bitchy about it, <laughs> you because know? I want it to be perfect, you know. And uh, so we're working on that. You know, we've been, uh, you know, since Bakken show in 2015. You know, Chris Caffrey, me, Al Petrelli, we've been trading you know, uh, song ideas for a possible sabotage thing over the phone. and go, hey, this is great, this is great, this is cool. And, and, you know, but we've been writing, I've been writing sabotage material since 2003. And uh, I could do like a quadruple double album if I wanted to. But, uh, you know, so yeah, we're trading off things and we're looking at that and, you know, we are working on a sabotage uh, live thing that we did in Cologne, Germany in 1997. And we're putting that together for a, uh, what do they call that, uh, live stream thing? Oh, sweet. Okay, yeah. 
you know. Yeah, and it's really good, and I've been working on that. Al came down to Florida, and we, you know, uh, uh, kind of beefed it up a little bit. Not a lot, but just beefed it up a little bit, mixed some things, and, you know, watching the video footage. And it, it's it's pretty funny. There's one part in it that's really funny where it's certainly, and, and, and I go to the monitor guy, and you can hear it plain as that, and I go, Will you please turn fucking Zach's vocal down? It's killing me. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of funny moments. I think the fans will like it, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Man, I get so excited when I hear you guys are thinking about some sabotage stuff. I mean, I've I've talked on the podcast with Zach Stevens, uh, Chris Caffrey. I've talked to Doc. And every one of them has said, man... I'm ready for the call. I'm ready to yeah. do it. So, I mean, that's exciting. Well, well, you know, those guys are all facts, okay? So, it, it's me that you need. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, you know, I'm in a really good mood today, Mike, so I'm going to make fun of everybody, okay? <laughs> but, no, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, everyone goes to me, oh, you do I was like, I don't know. I, if, if, if it's going to happen, we'll make a, a official announcement, but... We have we have been working together just because with the pandemic and all that we're bored. Right. Okay. Right. There's nothing to do, so we've been trading ideas through emails and and on the phone. Me and Al wrote a couple, three or four things together. Me and Chris Caffrey have worked on a, a few things together, and yeah. You know, it's like, what else are we going to do? You know, there's nothing to do. So, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens. I would love it. You know, personally, I would love to do a sabotage thing, you know. And, uh, you know, without giving away the baby, it's very possible. Awesome, man. You know, we'll see what happens. Well, you just put me in a good mood, too. I'm ex- I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about it. You know, we were talking about this sabotage thing before Paul died. You know, Paul and I had many meetings about it, and we were talking about, well, if we did do it, you know, what would we call it? How would we operate it? And I said to him, I said, well, if we do it, we should call it still the orchestra play. And me and Zach should, like, sing a lot of songs together and have certain songs. So it would be the two lead singers. And would feature all kinds of music, all the types of music. Because Sabotage was never really one sort of bag. No. You know, especially when Paul got involved. You know, we always played a lot of, you know, from gutter ballet on, it was all kinds of different things, which was great. I thought it was great, and which led to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. When you look back at your catalog, John, is there one album that you hold as, like, your crowning achievement? I think gutter ballet and streets combined. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we were at our peak. Okay, that's when the three, me, Chris, and Paul, that's when we were really working together. But we worked, you know, we were working together, you know, and the song Gutter Ballet, When the Crowds Are Gone, Temptation, Revelation, songs like that, that was like the hint, okay? And then when Streets came about, uh, you know, Paul was like, well, well, we're going to do this, John. We're going to do this rock opera about this guy. And I'm like, oh, this guy's insane. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Really? Are you fucking serious? And uh, we did it. And I think it was the album that really highlighted the fact that 
Sabotage was never just a heavy metal band. I always hated that term. I hated it. Because we weren't, yes, we played heavy metal songs, right? But we also played a lot of other stuff, you know. But we were kind of cornered into that heavy metal thing, which I hated. I hated that. You know, and then as time went, Chris passed away. That was a big thing. You know, Paul and I sat down and I said to Paul, I said, you can't replace Chris Oliva. It's impossible. And he went to me the first time he ever agreed with me about anything. He goes, John, you're right. So let's try some different stuff. I'm like, okay. You know, in the Handful of Rain album, it was really just me and Paul. And then at the end, we brought Zach in to sing. And then we brought our friend Alex Skolnick in to play some solo. And to me, the very first Trans-Siberian Orchestra song that was ever written was Chance. Mm -hmm. You know, that showed me that's where we're going to go. Okay. You know, and uh, that was the start of this whole TSO thing was Handful of Rain. That that thing and Paul coming in to me saying like, oh, we're going to sing all these different things and mix them all together. And then I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? But it worked, you know. Yeah, I love Handful of Rain, and, and I guess I, I didn't really realize that it was just you doing most of the instruments, because, I mean, honestly, that speaks to what a great musician you are, because it sounds just like any other Sabotage album, you know, with the, the core music. Well, I had a lot of practice with Sabotage, so, <laughs> yeah, it was just me. I mean, I played the drums, the bass, all the rhythm guitars, all the keyboards, some lead guitar, and the lead guitar shit that I couldn't play, we brought Alex Skolnick in to, to play. But yeah, it was basically like my first solo, and I would write a song, I would get to the studio at noon, okay, and I would sit out on the back porch with my acoustic guitar, and that's how the song Handful of Rain was written. I was just out there fucking around, smoking a joint or whatever, and then Paul, Paul never showed up at the studio until like six o'clock at night. And he would walk in and order chicken. You know, he would go to the engineer and go like, get me chicken. And and then he would go, John, what do you got? And I would sit there and play something for him that I was working on. And he would go, that's brilliant. Let's record it. And I'm like, what is uh, Paul, it's not even finishing. He goes, we're going to finish it right now. <laughs> like, oh, God, this album is going to suck. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. Because you know what it was? was Chris had just passed away. It was a therapy for me, that album. Because I was playing all Chris's guitars upside down. Okay, because mm-hmm. I'm left-handed, and you know, just holding one of his guitars in my hand alone was really weird, you know. And then the drums—I mean, I hadn't played the drums in a long time, you know. And I had to do the drums like Taunting Cobras took me—oh <laughs> no—about four weeks to play the drum part. I was like, I I haven't played double bass drums in like a hundred years. What are you guys doing to me? Yeah, that's got killer drums, man. It was a good, you know what, Mike? It was a good therapy 
for me. No, you know, I understand because I was uh, I was not in a good place at that time. DDR Music Group is the premier glam, sleaze, and hair metal label. They've got a kick-ass roster consisting of tons of bands that you remember from the 80s Sunset Strip. Bands like Electric Angels, Blondes, Sweet Savage, Cats and Boots, Jailhouse, Jet Boy, and many more. Well, maybe you're just looking for something that you've never heard before. Some rare or modern hair metal. Well, they've got that too. Go discover rare and hard-to-find glam, sleaze, and hair metal CDs at ddrmusicgroup.com. Hey guys, this podcast takes a lot of time and effort. I want to do more in-depth projects on here, but I can't do it without your help. Just Google 80s Glam Metal Cast on Anchor. Once there, hit the support button and you can donate 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Your support will ensure that this podcast will be rocking out for years to come. If you go back, uh, we talked about Gutter Ballet. I, I think that's one of my favorites, too. Did you guys get a little nervous like at that point? Because, okay, here we're bringing in the piano and we're bringing in the ballads. Were you a little nervous that like the hardcore Sabotage metal fans were going to be like, you know, what's this? Oh, we were petrified because we had just done all the Mountain King, which brought us back. And it sold really well. We had the video on MTV. I hosted the uh, whatever that thing was, headbang, whatever the, the MTV thing was. And, you know, and it was, you know, we were back. And then all of a sudden, we, we went on tour with Ronnie Dio and Megadeth. And we got off of that. And it's, Paul's like, well, it's time for a new album. And I'm like, well, man, we got to, you know, we got to top mountain kick. And he goes to me, uh, he had a, we had a meeting, me, him, and my brother. And he goes, John, Chris, listen, you guys are way beyond just a hard rock band. And he always knew that I was a big fan of the Beatles and of Queen. Mm -hmm. Those are like my, and Black Sabbath. Those are like my three mainstays. And he goes, why don't we, John, let's experiment. Let's go, you know, off and let's do a little bit more like Queen type of stuff. Or, and we can still do like the Sabbathy stuff and the, the, you know, all that. And he pushed us, you know. And the funny thing about Gutter Ballet that nobody knows about was we started the album and we did a Rage and War, the Hounds, uh, the Unholy, She's in Love. It was all like really heavy stuff. And, and he's going like, well, so Paul bought me tickets for Phantom of the Opera, okay, with Michael Crawford singing. Cause they were doing overdubs with it. So I went and I watched it. And it was right around the corner from the record plant. So I came back and I walked into, they were in the control. I walked out into the studio where John Lennon's piano was. Wow. Okay. And I didn't know it was John Lennon's piano until one of the technicians lifted up the head, the, the top of the piano, and I saw John and Yoko forever scratched in it with a knife. Okay. Well, that freaked the shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> you know, oh my God. I think. So, you know what happened is I sat down and I wrote the music for Gutter Ballet, just right off, just wrote it. And Paul and Chris came running out of the control room and they're going, what the fuck is that? What is that? I don't know, I'm just making it up. And <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And then 
then we, the three of us sat there and we finished the song right there. Boom. Done. You know, and I was blown away. And then Paul said, you have any other piano songs? So I played him Temptation Revelation. And Chris was standing there with a acoustic guitar. And he just started playing, uh, you know, riffs to that. And it was brilliant. I was like, wow, that's great. And then Paul goes, what else? And I started playing crowds. But I had no words. I just was playing the chords. I was singing like, I was singing something about my dog or something. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, my dog, he barks all the time. And it was, <laughs> you know, so like, fucking Paul O'Neill sat there with a notebook and wrote the words for when the crowds are gone in like 10 minutes and goes, John, sing these words. And I did it and there it was. And that was a big lightning bolt in the brain. Wow, this is fucking cool, you know? And that was the start of it. You know, that led to Streets and then led to Handful and, uh, Yeah, it sounded like, I mean, you guys were a magic writing combination. I mean, you made killer albums together. So was that kind of how it worked? Would you be the music guy? Um, Paul was the lyrics. Chris did music. What was the normal, or, or did it differ from song to song? Well, well, what really, really based, my brother Chris, God rest his soul, I, I miss him so much. My brother Chris was a great riff guy. Okay. Okay. But my brother Chris had no idea about singing melodies or verses. He would just come up with this incredible, like Paul the Malinkate, for example. Incredible. He writes this great, da, 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 and then he looks at me and he goes like, well, you're the fucking singer, what do you, what, what's next? And I'm like, oh, what are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I had to come up and haul them out, King. He wrote the rip, and then I wrote the verses, you know, far away in a land car. But Paul wrote all the lyrics. So the three of us really, we worked on everything together, but Chris rarely wrote a complete song musically. But on Gutter Ballet, he did. He wrote all the music for the Hounds, except the intro. The intro was mine. Okay. But he wrote all the rest of the music. And for the Unholy, he did He did the same thing. You know, so then it st started progressing, you know. And when we got to Streets, the three of us were at our peak of working together. We sat in Paul's apartment in Queens, the three of us, and we wrote, you know, the opening song, Streets. We wrote Strange Reality, all that stuff. We wrote all that shit together. That's why Streets is my favorite album, just because the memories of that stick with me, because that's when the three of us were really working together on everything. No, John, why were you not the singer on Edge of Thorns? Why were you out as the singer? Well, for two reasons. First reason was that on the streets tour, you know, we were doing like six six shows a week, and we were doing two hours plus a night. And let me tell you, you know, I don't know about what others said, but singing sabotage music isn't fucking easy, okay? It's not easy. 
And I just blew my, I blew my, I was the last show of the street store. I was spitting blood Oof. off the side of the stage. Okay. Uh, that's how bad it was. And I went to a doctor after I made it through that last show. I think it was in North Carolina. Or and I went to my doctor and my doctor said, look, man, okay, you have nodes, whatever those things are called, nodes and all this shit. It's like, you need to take some time off. And I'm like, I can't take it. But then Paul said to me, he goes, look, John, why don't we do this? Why don't you take a year or so off and work with me on this Romanoff project and we'll get a, a new singer that's different than you, that's more commercial. I'm the one who picked Zach. We had tons of demo tapes. I picked Zach because I didn't want to pick somebody that sounded like me mm -hmm. or was trying to sound like me because I thought that's impossible. You know, you're not, we're not going to, I don't want that. So we picked Zach because I was like, wow, well, here's a guy with a really cool, smooth voice. Let's write an album based around his voice, which we did with Edge of Thorns. Now, I was very involved with Edge of Thorns. I mean, I wrote all the music with, with Paul and Chris, and, and we wrote the music especially for Zach's voice. You know, and I was very happy with it, you know, and the very last song that the three of us ever wrote together was All That I Bleed. Great song. You know, wh yeah, which has a very special meaning. I actually have the piano that we wrote it on. It's mine, you know, and uh, I was watching the Internet and somebody sent me a thing going like, oh, man, some guy on YouTube you can go to all all that I bleed by sabotage with John Oliva singing. Some guy took my voice from when I did those uh, acoustic demos and somehow he laid it into the actual band recording from Edge of Thorns of All That I Bleed. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the fucking guy did this. I, I'm still like, you know, have you heard that? No, but I'm going to check it out once we get done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you just go, you know, you type in, you know, all that I bleed sat by sabotage with John Oliva lead vocal. And I'm like, how did this guy do this shit? It's like amazing. Oh, you know, but, you know, anyways, uh, Edge of Thorns to me was Chris Oliva at his high point as far as guitar playing yeah you know he was he totally ruled that album was Atlantic kind of concerned with uh with the singer change what, what was the record label's thought <laughs> well no they were like okay well because you know they were always uh very interested in me and paul working on this, like, it was supposed to be like a Broadway thing. And they were, like, cool with that because Zach, you know, let's face it, uh, Zach had a very much more commercial-sounding voice than I had. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very rough. You know, my, my singing was kind of like stabbing yourself in the ear with a <laughs> screwdriver. But it's awesome. But it's know? awesome. But Zach, you know, Edge of Thorns, the song Edge of Thorns made the top 40. Right. 
you know, and Sleep was a great song. And I was like, well, this is cool because now I can write music for somebody that doesn't try to sound like me or doesn't, you know. And it was cool because I had already done how many albums, you know, eight, mm -hmm. whatever, you know. And I was like, well, this is a different thing. And then Paul and I can work on this other thing, you know. And that was the whole process. And what was going to happen, which a lot of people don't know, Mike, you're going to be the first one I'm going to tell. After Chris died, the idea, original idea for Handful of Rain was that Zach and I were going to come in and share all the vocals. We were going to, you know, double the vocals and all that stuff. And, you know, but what happened was it was so quick after Chris died, you know, Johnny, who I love dearly, Wackles, who I love dearly, it was too soon for them. They, they didn't, they backed out. Okay. And Zach backed out too. So it was just, ended up just being me and Paul until we got a few songs and we, uh, Paul called Zach and said, Hey, just come over to the studio. Let us play you something. And then Zach said, All right, I'll do it. I'll sing. You know, and that's what started. But Johnny and Wackles, they were, I think it was just too soon for them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Johnny especially was very, very close to my brother, you know, very close. And Wackles was kind of like, you know, he was having hearing issues, you know, and stuff like that. I just think they were just like, well, Chris is gone, you know, fuck it, you know. Right. Uh, but when they heard Chance and Hand for Rain, all of a sudden they were like, oh, yeah, we'll come back, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is good shit. <laughs> and, that, and that's why they were in the video, you know. Right. I paid for the video out of my pocket, all right. But I'm not in the video. I'm not even, if you look at the album, I'm not even credited right. for playing anything because my manager said to me, well, you know, I was like, look, what's ever best? All right, Johnny Lee Middleton bass, Wackles drums. Right. You know, so I'm like, I don't care. Just what's ever best, you know. And so I didn't get any, I got credit for songwriting, but even though I played basically everything on that album, I never got credited for it until later, you know, way later. Yeah. You know, it's funny with the whole Zach Stevens thing because I was loved your voice, you know, in Sabotage. And then when I heard there was going to be a different singer, I was like, mm, I don't think so. And when I heard Handful of Rain, or when I heard, uh, sorry, Edge of Thorns, I was blown away. I mean, I thought it was an amazing album. I love his voice. It was cool to have this other cool voice, you know, as part of the band. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and once again, it was great to see the album get big. You know I mean? I, I'm hearing Sabotage on the radio. As a fan, I was, I was geeking out. You notice now today, when somebody gets replaced in a band, they try to get a copycat. That's the kind of the common thing, you know? Right. And that no, was, you're right, Mike. Yeah. You're right. And that was the you're beauty right. of this. It was not a copycat. It was something different. So you really couldn't compare it, you know. Oh, he's trying to be John. It wasn't like that. He was really original. That's why. That's why Paul and I chose him because the original. You got to remember the original idea was that I was going to come back officially into the band, and then we we're going to have two lead singers. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that's what I always wanted. I I never wanted to be the only singer in Sabotage. Okay, I never wanted that because and when Chris and I were playing in bar bands, 
you know, in the late, like 79, 80, 80, we always had two singers. And one time we had three singers. And I loved that because it was like, it wasn't, but when we did sabotage, it was like, well, you're going to have to sing because no nobody else could sing, you know? And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, but I did it as long as I could. And people don't realize we have sabotage from Power of the Night on. We toured endlessly. It was fucking endlessly. And, you know, singing that, you know, ah, all that shit. <laughs> it's high. Two hours every night. It just beat the crap out of me. And plus, I could never hear anything I was singing. Mm, right. Any, uh, my brother's guitar rigs were so loud. <laughs> and Wacko's drums. Uh, it was so loud. I, you know, I would do sound check. And I could hear everything great. Okay. And then we the show would start. And it would sound like I was going... I couldn't hear anything, so I stopped after I stopped going to soundcheck. You know, and I remember Wackles going, "Dude, you need to be in soundcheck." I'm like, "Why?" You know, I never hear anything I'm fucking saying. That's why I used to make up words as I was going because it was just, you know, in the hall of the Burger King and shit. Because I couldn't hear anything. You know, all I heard was my brother's guitar, which was so fucking loud and Wackles drums you know Wackles had a PA system as a drum monitor okay really yeah it was oh, no dude it was and that's why if you watch those early videos you always see Johnny Middleton is all the way over on his side of the stage because he didn't want to hear all that shit it was brutal <laughs> You know, it was fucking brutal. You know, but I made it through it, you know. Now, John, when you get to the <laughs> 2000s, you guys, you, once you're working with Zach on Circle to Circle, Watching in Silence. Caffrey does a solo yeah. album. You sing on it. Then you do Taj Mahal. All this stuff sounds very sabotage-like. Why, why not do a sabotage album at that point and, and combine all this stuff? We weren't allowed. Okay. Con- contractually. Okay, we weren't allowed. So we all did our own thing. You know, the Taj Mahal album, which I'm very fond of. Yeah, I love it. um, That was like kind of like my answer, you know, like Guardian of Forever and songs like that. I mean, it's sabotage. Well, why does it sound like sabotage? Because it's the same fucking idiot writing the songs. (laughs) You know, I would read reviews. Well, it sounds too much like Sam. Well, what did you expect it to sound like? The fucking monkey? You know? Yeah, I love it. Especially uh, Nowhere to Run. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I I love that song. There were a lot, you know, there were a lot of good songs on that album. Uh, Walk Alone. Yeah. uh, um, Fly Away. You know, a lot, you know, a lot of those songs were, were written to be sabotage songs. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Yeah, but we weren't allowed to do a sabotage album, so I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll do them on my own. Who wouldn't you allow know? you? The the label? Who wouldn't allow it? Yeah, the label. We were in uh, heavy like contract arguments with uh, Atlantic Records at that time, and 
Cause Paul was going like, well, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. I'm like, well, fuck it, whatever. I'll just put my own little band together and I'll do it on my own, which is what I did. We'll end it off with, with TSO. And, and for me, you know, I always, to this day, if uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo comes on the radio and they say it's TSO, I always tell my kids and my wife, that's sabotage. You know, I'm like a, you know, it's, I'm like a broken record. But one thing I can say is that. Well, it is. Like, you know, Mike, <laughs> Mike, 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 you know, Mike, it is sabotage. Okay. It is. And it came out on Dead Winter Dead. And the, the funny story about the, that song was when Paul played me a cassette demo that him and Bob Kinkle were working on of that song. And it didn't have any drums on it. It didn't have any distorted guitars. It had sleigh bells, okay? And Paul, I looked at Paul and I go like, Paul, he's going to me, he's like, John, this is a hit. I'm like, Paul, what are you, you trying to make me a heavy metal Santa Claus? (laughs) No, I'm not doing it, okay? And we fought for weeks and weeks and then finally, he came to me and he said, John, can you make this song sabotage? And I said, well, if you let me, you know, give me two days in the studio and just stay away. And I went in the studio and the first thing I did was I wrote the drum part, you know, all the blah, 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 blah. And then I put, you know, heavy metal guitars on it. Now in all, I didn't write any of the, uh, lead guitar stuff, all that, you know, whatever. But I wrote the drums and the power chords, okay, and all that stuff. I came up with that idea. And then when he came into the studio two days later or something, he says, so what do you got? And I played it for him. He almost fell out of his chair, okay, and went like, wow. And then we brought out Petrelli in. And then Paul, all credit, Paul sat there and sang the lead guitar parts to Al Petrelli. Like, and fucking Al, I don't know how he did it. Maybe he was a little drunker than I was, but he got it. And he played it, and then, boom, the song was born, you know. I think the coolest thing, you know, when I watch these big um, TSO shows, you know, the lasers and the platforms, and I see all the, you know, a lot of the members that were in Sabotage there, and sometimes they'll play, you know, Gutter Ballet or or, uh, Prelude to Madness and all this stuff. Your brother's got to be looking down, just smiling at, at what this thing turned into, man. It's amazing. Well, I think my brother's looking down at me going like, Hey, big brother, where's the fucking money? <laughs> See, I told you, I'm way funnier than Wackles or Caffrey. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. Well, John, dude, this was like a dream come true to talk to you, man. I really appreciate your time. Anything you want to say to your fans out there? Well, I, all I want to say to them is thank you. I love you all. Thanks for your support through these last hundred years. And uh, God bless you all. Stay safe. And hopefully we'll see you soon. You never know. There may be a new Sava record. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. All right, John. Well, hey, man. Right, I thank you so, thanks so much. It was nice to talk to you, man. I'm glad I could make you laugh a little. Yeah. You made me laugh, and, uh, and it was great getting some inside info on all this great music. Really, thanks for all the great music. All right, Mike. Thank you, sir. Yep. And be safe. Be careful. You too, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Well, that was amazing talking with John. Sabotage is one of my all-time favorite bands. You probably can tell I was geeking out big time. Now, do you want to keep hearing awesome content like this? Consider being a supporter. Look up the 80s Glam Metal cast on Anchor and hit support. Also, keep an eye out for live streams on YouTube. Tomorrow, there'll be a hair metal battle episode. It's going to be fun and interactive. Check it out and rock on!